G'day team, welcome to the Two Towers podcast, the Middle Earth Strategy Battle Game podcast. I'm Geordie. And I'm Albert, and this is episode 19, and on this episode, we're talking about Triumph. Triumph the second. Um, so we've got uh, classic conquest creationer Jacob Lucas is running another big tournament. Yeah, so a uh, quick breakdown, 500 points. Is it four games? Mm. Yeah, it's four games, which that's a stretch. Is sort of, yeah, it really is a stretch, isn't it? It's unique. It kind of makes sense that way because in the what's interesting with the three gamers is there's normally two or three players who are at three and zero. Oh, yeah, so you don't get a conclusive answer of who's the best. Mm. But uh, with the fourth game, you get that numero uno. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a good way to do it, and um, it's being held up in Melbourne. I can't unfortunately make it. Theme seems like a common theme on this podcast at the moment. Mm. Um, however, you weren't going to this tournament alone, were you, Geordie? Well, obviously no, not, because own. there were like twenty other people going as well. <laughs> but also, <laughs> yeah, I'm just in the room playing myself. It, it, it's the only way to get good. Spoilers: You triumphed. <laughs> um, no, but we we thought we would get a new guest onto uh, the podcast. Um, so, Jordy, can you do the big yeah. reveal? Yeah, I've recruited uh, my Peregrine Took. Um, although the statues are a bit reversed here, uh, we've got PJ coming on. A PJ been in... PJ's been in some of the Conquest Creations videos in the past, hasn't he? Yes. Yeah, you'll find him. Uh, maybe getting a little stomped by Jezza, but uh, there's some controversy with that one. And look, I'm on PJ's side, actually. I don't think Treebeard was trapped. Just put it out there. Um, But enough about that. We've uh, always got the hot takes from like six months ago, (laughs) don't we? (laughs) We're we're right on the pulse. That's Uh, right. Long since dead. That's right. Bringing it back to life. Um, So I think uh, that gives people a, a broad overview, but... Shall we uh, join your compatriot, your full of a toque, your peregrine toque, and talk all about Triumph? Let's do it. I offer you my service, such as it is. All right, Albert, and we're here and we've got our special guest, PJ. Welcome to the podcast. What up, legends? How is it going today? Very good. All the better. All the better for, for hearing your voice, PJ, let me tell you. Yeah, well, firstly, guys, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on board. I was very honoured when Geordie uh, sent me the text message asking me to, to come and help mm. you guys out for a day. Yeah, we've got a uh, big day coming up with Triumph, uh, hosted by Jacob. Be, uh, so, uh, as I'm not going, I haven't really delved too deep into what the tournament's all about. Are there any special tricks going on with this tournament, or is it kind of a straight shooter 500 points? I think it's just a straight shooter 500 points. Um, I don't think Jacob tends to do too many... Uh, crazy things with these tournaments. No, he's boring. Uh, it's just straight up five hundred points. Well, he's boring, but uh, I would <laughs> yeah. also I would also say that he's actually the guy providing balance because pretty much every other TO in Victoria is doing <laughs> something batshit crazy <laughs> in terms of like there is no real um, standard tournament. So Jacob kind of provides that niche <laughs> stock standard tournament which most people um, don't really do. So it's refreshing in that sense. Mm-hmm. It is, and it's good for me because I'm still fairly new to the game. So when there's no other extra things that I need to learn on a day, it makes it a bit more relaxing for me too. 
And what a bloody good segue, PJ. You've just mentioned you're new to the hobby. Do you want to tell us about your little journey up until now? Yeah, absolutely, man. So uh, we have to cast our minds back to about 17 years ago um, when I was just a young hobbit. My, uh, my friend at school actually was into the collecting the magazines and things like that. And I just happened to come across them. And I collected them for a little while, but because I was only about 14 at the time, I didn't really have the money to be able to afford too many models. Um, and he ended up changing schools. And I never really got involved in the community or anything like that or really learned how to play properly. We just sort of made up our own rules, which were um, pretty interesting. And then it was during COVID, man, when my my mum actually told me to come and clear out some of my stuff at my uh, at their place. And I come across some old models and I was like, oh, I wonder what's going on with the community these days. And I think I looked online or something to see what models were available or something. And then I think I tried looking on Facebook Marketplace. And then from Marketplace, it said like somewhere down the bottom in description, that someone was also a part of like the Australian Lord of the Rings community or there was some page thing associated with the, with the post on Facebook marketplace. I was like, Hmm, what's that? Clicked on that, joined the group. And then I started seeing some YouTube clips getting posted by different people. And then I started following Zorpazorp and started following conquest creations from Jacob. And I was like, Holy moly, there's like a full on community out there. And then, yeah, fast forward a couple of weeks, I was playing my very first game at Minimize oh, in uh, 2020. 2021 was my very first game at Minimize. Got absolutely stomped, but it was really cool. Well, technically, the, I, I had a practice match against another brand new person the night before yeah, yep. that I met on uh, Facebook at a, at, a, at a place. And yeah, that was it, man. And then I've just been trying to get to every tournament that I possibly can between um, yeah December 21 and now. That's pretty much my journey, man. So still very, very new to the game. There's still a lot of armies I've never played. I don't know all the different, you know rules and legendary legions and things like that so every tournament is pretty exciting for me coming up against different armies and whatnot that's essentially my journey that's a quick like re-entry you know what i mean like you've just stumbled on the models and you say fast forward two weeks i'm like that's quick that's a slippery slope quick fast forward (laughs) yeah man i'll never it was just one night i was just um it was a night that i got back to my my own house and that's when i started just you know, checked Facebook Marketplace, found the group, started watching YouTube <laughs> clips, and then, yeah, I was just like, wow. And then I think in one of those groups, a bloke had posted saying, I'm starting up a new wargaming community over in Westgate. Um, anyone that wants to come on our first night, come down. And that was the yeah, night right. before Minimize. Um, so I went down and met another bloke. Chiorum hey. was actually the bloke that I met that night. It was him and then another bloke, oh, I forget his name, and we, we basically had a game and... Yeah, it was just crazy timing, man. And then Chiram actually happened to be going to minimize as well. We both went. Uh, we all, we both got stomped. He unfortunately got one win, and that was against me. <laughs> so yeah, man, it was yeah really really quick turnaround. But it's been incredible. Like I've only been in the hobby maybe fourteen months, and the amount of people that I've met in that time is just crazy. And how close I've got with people, it's a um, it's a community that. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Incredible. Can I ask PJ, given that your return is so so fresh, is there a particular side of the hobby that you prefer? Like, are you all into the gaming? Do you like the painting side of things? Terrain making? Like, what what gets you what gets you passionate and inspired to do the hobby? To be honest, it's um, 
it's just it's probably the first thing would be actually collecting the models. So I like having the models, and that was something I liked from a young age was just collecting them. Um, I did give a go with painting them, but my models that I painted when I was like, you know, 14 and 15 was pretty terrible. And then when I've, you know, gone to look through my models again, now that I'm in my 30s, I don't have the time to be able to get them to a standard that I'm happy with. So I don't put a lot of time, well, I don't put any time into painting. So the thing that really excites me is just playing the game, rolling some dice, and just uh, just seeing how we go. Unfortunately, I do get more losses than wins. For now. Uh, for now. I was going to say, a man, a man after my own heart. <laughs> I'm playing. <laughs> but I'm pretty happy with the progress that I've made so far, considering I'm still, I'm still pretty new. And the guys that I play with, they're, they're amazing at being pretty patient and, and teaching me and, and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I did have given it a crack with terrain making and stuff, but I also sucked at that too. So I still give it a crack here and there, and I try and get some other people to, to give me a bit of a hand making boards. Ideally, I would love to be able to contribute a board to the um, to the community at some point. I'm working on something at the moment. But in terms of painting models, man, I get my models uh, commission painted, actually, which I know was a bit of a hot topic in your one of your more recent uh, mm. podcasts with Jono. So yes, I do very well. That's very a perfect things. segue onto uh, one of the main topics we want to talk about today. It's uh, like we brought in a professional. Mate, you're, you're on yeah, fire. Um, so on that <laughs> note, um, getting armies commissioned painted. How many armies have you um, commissioned to get painted, and and um, what has that process kind of been like for you? Well, it's it's. It's a double-edged sword commission painting. It's um, it's amazing that you get your models painted, but it's painful to the pocket, and then it's painful also having yeah. to wait for them to come back as well. It is it's hard because again, because I'm still fairly new into the hobby, and I um, when I do get them commission painted, I don't have full armies here ready to go. Mm. Um, so I'm pretty limited to what armies I can bring to tournaments. So. You would have seen a lot of the members of the community down here will see my Ents in a lot of games. And that's because it's very easy to get three models painted. <laughs> so that's why I had Ents running for so long. So it was very, very easy. They were a strategic choice, not like a, a, a game choice. Correct. Yeah, no, yeah, no one's getting yeah, a, sure. a Goblin Town uh, commission painted. That's, <laughs> oh, hell no. That's painful for both sides, I <laughs> no. think. No, I've got, I've got a lot of armies getting done. I've actually got multiple people working on it at the moment. So some of the more, I guess, special armies or armies that I really want to use in tournaments, I'll try and get commission painted by some of the bigger players within the community. And then just sort of like my rank and file sort of guys or for armies that I don't really use so regularly, but I plan to use for like scenario-based stuff with my kids when they're old enough, I'll get that done through like a, a commission painting company mm. or some that set themselves up. So yeah, you mentioned Jeremy that stomped <laughs> me in uh, season two, uh, the Ents versus Dale. Uh, I said to Jeremy, I was like, mate, after you stomp me and you've embarrassed me, you know, at least <laughs> give me give me something positive, you know, on the uh, on the battlefield. So I managed to, to twist his arm, and he actually commission-painted my Army of the Dead. Yeah, so suss the Insta, everyone. Um, these dudes look insane. In true Jeremy, Jeremy uh, yeah. style. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy doesn't do a yeah. lot of commission-painting, uh, I don't think. Am I right in thinking that? No, nah, he, doesn't, he doesn't really do it at all mm. um, anymore. I think he did 
many, many years ago, but it was actually uh, it was actually after um, we played that game. He he was amazing to play, um, and even afterwards, he was really really helpful. Gave me some tips, and then I said to him, mate, like you know, I'd love to have a couple of games with you. Um, and since since that match on YouTube, we've actually caught up um, fairly regularly and had some games against each other, and he's helped me out with some different things. And yeah, he was kind enough to to do the commission painting. Um, again, I, I offered very, very loose terms in terms of, mate, these are models that I want to get done. You take as long as you need to, whenever you want to get them done. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got no, no, no time frames, nothing like that. Just any, anything to sort of get you to paint these models because they're the, they're the OG metal um, army of the dead. And I've got quite a few of them, um, so they were very, very expensive. But it was, it's funny, like having models that I've had back from when I was like fourteen. And I loved the army back then. I was like, man, I'd love to have this. So it's sort of like been like 14 or 15 years of wanting this army painted. And then Jeremy, who I started listening to the Green Dragon podcast, like Jeremy, Jacob, and even, you know, from Zorpazorb as well. Like those guys were actually what got me back into the hobby, listening to their podcast, watching their YouTube Only videos and, and whatnot. at the time, I'm sure. So the- no, I was, I was, I was the same, man. When <laughs> yeah, I correct. when I got That's back right. into the hobby, there were kind of two things that really got me pumped. One was uh, Green Dragon podcast. I like I went on a binge, a serious podcast binge, <laughs> and there was a lot of content there to binge on, which was great. <laughs> Um, but the the other one was STF Wargaming on YouTube, which is like a bunch of Norwegian guys playing through every um, narrative scenario ever written, which is kind of a, a ludicrous thing. And they're still going. It's mad. Yeah, they're up to like 300 yeah. or something. It's, it's yeah. impressive. It's, it's great. And those two things just got me so pumped. So, I can totally relate to that. Uh, like, that fueled me to go on an insane eBay secondhand buying <laughs> spree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what and a lot of it's still right. sitting in my garage in a box like it's probably never going to yeah. get painted but like yeah. I like knowing that I've got it again and it's coming back to me collecting it like I like knowing that I've got it and then when I've got the money to get different things painted and whatnot, I will but for me honestly man it's definitely about um, like I love the tournaments love the games but the thing I'm really looking forward to is probably having enough models that I could get through a lot of the scenarios with my kids when they're old enough that's a huge, uh, huge part for me. Um, hopefully, I get good enough that I can actually teach, <laughs> teach them some decent skills. By that, ah, uh, that's point. a good, it's a good aspiration but, uh, to have, and it's one yeah, of those things cool, where I think, like, regardless of whether this game is still a thing um, in fifteen, twenty years' time, I think for the people that are passionate about it at the moment. Um, that's a kind of a way, it's a legacy and it's a way that it can kind of live on, um, like you say, the next generation coming through. It's a good aspiration and it's one that I share as well. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, it's funny. I actually, uh, I don't know if you know this, Albert, or not, but on my, because I've got like a, an Instagram for, uh, for like my Lord of the Rings stuff and I've got a personal one as well. And you actually sent me some stuff for terrain building. Like, <laughs> like when I first got back into it, you sent me uh, like these, uh, all like these windows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, MDF the, windows. Like the windows and the door. Yeah, and that I can't believe that, that was said to you. Wow. wow. Yeah, that, me, that, that is so funny. And it was, honestly, man, it was, I saw your stuff and I was like, Damn, this guy's good. And he's like, he's in Victoria. Sick. That's so funny. So that was like at this. That was at the start of when I started developing Slice and Slot, the the three D printed side of things. I was like, oh, I don't really need these MDF 
pieces anymore because I'm not going to do it long term. So it was just that like that uh, good timing that you were like, hey man, I'll take them off your hands and happy to send them your way. So oh, yeah. I'm glad that I got to say, man, you were very polite and very. <laughs> well, I I feel good that I contributed to you getting sucked deeper into the hobby. <laughs> 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 you were, bro. You were, man. You were def- I've got some of those things on, like, some of the very first parts of terrain that I made. Like, only would have only been, like, w- within weeks of playing Minimize. Oh, that's so awesome. Definitely that's great to hear. That's awesome. What are the odds? What are the odds? I know. Crazy. Now I'm on your podcast. It's all coming around. Full circle. It is all coming around. All right. And so, we've we've talked about the uh, the sweet Army of the Dead models. Do you want to do, like, not, you don't need to go into itty gritty, yep. but do you want to give us a quick brief on the army that you're bringing to Triumph? Because oh, we're going to be following uh, your successes and your losses. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, man. So this is something that I'm just just experimenting with. Um, so it's just, it's the Return of the King Legendary Legion. So in Warband 1, we have Strider. With all the kit that you're allowed to take, so unfortunately you don't get armor. So he's just a defense five, mm. which is crippling. And then he will come with four warriors with just sword and shield, three with spear and shield, and then just a rider of the dead. And then in the king's warband, it is just a king, four with shield, and three with spear and shield. So pretty much identical warbands, but Aragons will just have um, the horse. That's, ba- that's basically it. Yeah, so that is that is the list. Not too many models. There's only seventeen yeah. models. So you kill all nine, and I'm broken. So it's it's a tough one. Five hundred's a bit of a hard list. The army of the dead list is so hectic. It's so small. Yeah, it is. But like they the 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 warriors just a killing machine. As long as they're winning mm. fights, they're killing machines. But unfortunately, with the fight three, they don't win a lot. But when they do, yeah, they just mince through anything. It's a yeah. small list, but obviously. Packs a punch. Like, I wouldn't like to face up against this on the other side of the table. Um, let's talk a little bit about the the painting, though. So, what, what kind of style did... Well, we know Jeremy Hunter's uh, uh, style, um, but what was what was the, the approach in terms of the type of colour that you wanted to have on it? Did you give him a lot of direction in terms of how he painted it? Or did you kind of give him free reign? Yeah, sort of... <sighs> Not full free reign. I just gave him um, a bit of an idea of sort of what I liked. I sent him a couple of photos of, you know, some rough sort of colours. But ultimately, when I'm getting some of the more special stuff painted or the things that I'm going to be using primarily and I'm giving them to one of the members of the community, I'm giving it to them for their style. Um, I like it. I like them to have their flair on it and I fully trust that whatever spin they want to do on it, um, is what is exactly what I want them to do. That's the reason why I'm giving it to them. So the models are sort of like a, a I guess, an aqua kind of color um, with the heroes and the heralds. Mm. I've got to introduce some heralds and stuff as well. Um, with the heralds and the banners and things like that to have a bit more of a, a reddish sort of tinge on different parts of the armor and whatnot. And then just sort of like, He's done like sort of um, drips of purple and other colours um, going throughout the model as well. Um, so they've, they've come up awesome, man. And then on the bases, I've got him to put them all on like a rocky and skull base, sort of like the scene where Aragorn's first meeting with the king and there's all the skulls coming out of the um, out of the cave and whatnot. Um, 
So that's yeah, that's essentially it, man. Um, yeah, they're all yeah, they're all painted the um the same, man. I didn't get him to do anything too crazy, but I also have seen a lot of Army of the Dead where they're painted just like one color the whole way through. And although they can look sort of ghosty, I didn't want that look for mine. I still want them to look pretty sort of different to each other, um, and not just be the one you know stock stock color for the whole scene. Yeah, yeah having that variation um, in the colors can give a lot more. Um, interest, especially when they're um, sitting on the battlefield as a whole. Like if they're all just one color, they can kind of they, they feel a bit flat. Um, so and that that's definitely well, that was, not that was exactly not, yeah. what I was going to say. They it adds a lot more depth with the models being just slightly different and a bit more color scattered on them. Mm. There because you do see those army of the deads that are flat green with like a highlight, and you go, well, they all look the same. Mm. But this, this is, yeah, you're right, PJ, just like, they, there's a variation. It's really cool. Mm. And let me tell you, when one of those metal models gets killed and I'm <laughs> lifting up a beautifully painted metal model and having to put it on the side of the board, like a little piece of me, <laughs> it's like just shot in the heart or stabbed in the heart. It is so <laughs> having to do that. It's the, it's the it's joy nice. and curse of using metal models, right? Like when you're moving them around, mm. you really feel like they've it got is. the heft and they're going you know, to gonna do something when they get taken off the board. Oh, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It is hard. But yeah, I've got, got, um, got Strider in there as well. So Strider, I actually got um, painted by Andreas Kavanagh from up in New South Wales. Um, me and him got chatting at um, at Masters, and the just either oh, the reason why I got him to do that was actually because of the detail that he could put in his mm. models' faces. Yeah. It's just incredible. His models' faces are like just insane. Um, and then for Aragon, who's one of my favourite characters in the series. I was like, yeah, I've got to get this guy to do Aragon. I want that face just to look schmicko. Um, so he did that for me as well. So I've got really, really cool models that I'm super proud of. And it's cool having, you know, you know I guess the big players in the game as well, painting <laughs> your models. It's it's an awesome feeling. Unfortunately, unfortunately their skill doesn't come through the paintwork. You can't absorb thing. it just through holding the models. It's it's nice though to have those kind of stories behind the models though in terms of like not only having members of the community painting them for you but also like how that came about in conversation like what was what's the what's the feeling when you get those models finally sent to you and you actually get to unpack them and have a look at them that must be pretty awesome right it is man 100% and especially because I don't want to put any pressure on them as well um, you don't really have an idea of when they're going to come back. So you send these models that could take months, like they take months and months, and you're like, you don't want to pressure my stuff. Like I'm a sucker for a work in progress pick. I don't care how far you still got to go, but because I don't really do the painting myself and I don't understand the process, when I get a work in progress pick, I love it. Cause I'm like, ah, oh, cool. So it's going to go from this until whatever I see the next one. So that stuff I love, but... When I get them back, honestly, man, I just go to like the back room and I'm just like a little kid, just just staring at them, man. I've just got like my 10, 15 minutes of where I'm away from the family, away from the kids, and I'm just looking at my models. It's very, uh, <laughs> it's a very interesting feeling that I'm a grown man obsessed by these models that are painted by other grown men. Well, to be honest, <laughs> BJ, this was surprisingly wholesome, especially coming from you, that 
it sounds like you're um, just sort of like getting to live out like a childhood dream you set 14 years ago. It is, man. It seriously, seriously is. Because back yeah, then, I really yeah. wanted to play, but I had no one to play with. And I had no idea about this community. Like when I was 14, this is like 16 years ago, the internet was only just coming out. And I think MSN was only a thing, like a brand mm. new thing when I was that age. So we didn't, we couldn't really communicate with each other, other unless you really knew the person that you were. I remember that the 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 thing that came closest to it was um, this. This is going back a ways of like old school uh, blogs and uh, clunky websites. There was the a website called the Last Alliance, and it was like mm. uh, just like this treasure trove of pre Instagram grainy <laughs> like low res images of other people painting models and chopping up their models it was pretty awesome but like nothing compared to what we have these days with instagram and facebook and all the rest and youtube as well these new gamers <laughs> man, they have no idea what it back was like in the day huh? but yeah no it seriously is like a childhood dream um and that's why you know so much of it is important to me as well for for being able to play with my own mm. kids and stuff as well um, and do a lot of like scenario play and stuff. Um, so although, yes, Geordie, I can sometimes be a bit stern <laughs> and swear quite a bit, I do have a soft spot as well. Yeah, all right. So that was uh, nice to, really nice to hear, PJ. Again, I'm, I'm a little shocked. Uh, but do you want to uh, jump over to the tournament? Let's hear about these games. Absolutely, man. Uh, let's get straight into it. And uh, for those listeners at home, <laughs> I do apologize. I can be salty. And I sometimes have been known to swear a little bit too much. So apologies for any viewers under the age of 18 or otherwise that don't like those words. But let's get straight into it. It is Triumph. Let's see how we go. So it begins. What up, listeners? It's PJ here as your tall correspondent for the Two Towers podcast. I'm here with my friend Aaron. We just finished our first game. What's going on, man? G'day. How you going? Played a, a grueling match. It was a good game. It was a good game. Why don't you talk me through what you brought today, man? Uh, so I'm running Goblin Town for the first time. Um, I like the army and I like the, the Goblin Scribe with the reinforcements. So I've got the King, the Scribe, uh, Grinner, uh, and a bunch of goblins, and then I've also brought Bill the Troll for a little bit of fight value. Yes, uh, that did uh, catch me off guard a couple of times, old Billy boy. And uh, why don't you just talk me through, man, what sort of uh, what sort of painting style have you got, and what have you sort of done with your models? Uh, so I actually <laughs> painted them all yesterday. I pulled a, an eight-hour <laughs> shift painting. Um, I bought a bunch of goblins because they're, they're cheap and expendable. I bought, like, salvage ones online. Yep. Uh, they were base coated with the thickest coat of white paint you could find so I, <laughs> I painted them like a, a pinky color over the top of that and then just dry brushed a um a white trying to get that grimy white look from from the movies um and then just made some some uh the bases out of uh balsa wood to make them look like sort of floorboards from goblin town yeah i saw that man that was very nice bro what a game we just had that was soul crushing for me but uh, great, great play by you, man. Uh, so we had the uh, three objectives, three the three scenarios was was a retrieval, seize the prize, and destroy the supplies. Yeah, I think we had. Yeah, so yeah. I lost the roll off, didn't I? And I think I got rid of retrieval. Yeah, straight up. yeah, and yeah. that was that. That probably is the best one for me. Yeah. Uh, 
just because I can just bring guys straight on onto your side of the board um, in that little corner. So yeah, yeah, uh, I figured that. And then I, so I got rid of, so yeah, I got rid of that. And then you got rid of uh, seize the prize because you've yep. got no march, and I got free march with good old Aragon. So I was devo when you didn't pick that, but understandably. Yeah. And then we did uh, destroy the supplies. The supplies. Yeah. So yeah, man, it was awesome, awesome game. You pretty much had the Goblin Scribe come on and just have Goblins come in straight behind my line. So yep. first up, I was just like, yep. considered all of them gone. So I just marched my way up through the board, knowing that I was going to lose all them. So it was pretty much 6-0 from, I reckon, maybe turn two or three or uh, something like that. Yeah, probably turn three. I'll give you, I'll give you three turns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then I think you had, your, you had your Goblin Kim coming through the center with the troll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so I, yeah. I, I put them down when I dropped them, I dropped them center objective and you went yeah. uh, a little bit more to the side and then yeah. uh, I decided to split the king and the troll around a piece of tr big piece of terrain yeah. and that sort of, I was chasing for the rest of the game with the king. He didn't get yeah. his points value for sure, but... Yeah, that was the plan. I saw you come and bring in the, uh, the king through the middle, so I thought I might do some cheeky last minute marches with Aragon and just go around a nice big bit of terrain, which I don't think you saw that coming. I think you were pretty surprised when I called that march. Um, so that was good. I think that just caught the, caught the Goblin King off guard. Yeah. Um, and then it was pretty much just a bit of a slog match for a little while um, yeah. down that side of the board while you were trying to get the King. And the King, I think, failed a couple of courage checks as well. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, so in. I just had to uh, sit pretty and throw some Goblins around. I couldn't really fight anyone. Yeah, and then I think I managed to, I managed to destroy one destroy one uh, uh, supply so it was 6-2 for a little bit yep. and then you just put hoarding out your goblins in the way of my guys <laughs> trying to get to that second one I just couldn't bloody get through just had guys just like a daisy chain of goblins for my horseman my, my rider couldn't get there yeah. uh, which was good play and then I think we were sitting at about I think we were sitting about 6-4 on the last last yeah. turn of the game your yep. king had no will no. I had all my wounds on Aragon I was out of range. I was out of range of the last objective when I think they said last turn. So the yeah. best thing I could do for was to, I think to hope that your king ran. Yeah, failed his courage check. But then uh, you did something I didn't think. I didn't see it coming. I just did bad fucking positioning. And then tell me what happened with the troll. Uh, so yeah, you you you'd done a couple of turns tying up tying up the troll with his high five value. Um, you had a couple uh, soldiers of the dead around him, but I. <laughs> we both called a heroic mm -hmm. uh, mine went off first mm -hmm. and I was lucky enough to hurl a soldier straight into Aragon knocking yeah. prone terrible placement by me <laughs> terrible placement and, oh. then, and then yeah I just uh, with the heroic I just moved in on Aragon while he was on the ground and this big troll crushed him he did the big troll came into Aragon Aragon was there lying on his back very thematic a troll sort of getting Aragon while <laughs> yes. he's on his back yes um, but you only did one wound. You only chipped. Oh yeah. no, you, you did four. Yeah, you did but you four saved wounds, it. but I saved three. Yeah. Three fate saves, and then unfortunately he got the wound. So then we were sitting at seven four or seven yeah, five. I think oh, I'd broken you. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you got you got the broke very. Yeah. The break very early on. And then I think by you hurling that one guy, you got up to eight. Yeah. So at that point, I couldn't win. I was just hoping to try and get maximum VPs, and that your king would fail courage on yeah. the next turn. Yeah. Unfortunately, the bugger, he got six. He rolled a six. Uh, yes, yep. But he had two will, two, two might. Two might and, and two courage with Harbinger. So, yeah. uh, he, so just, he just made it. Just made it. Just made it. So Saved the day. It, very, it was very, very, it could have been a draw if that bloody troll 
if that troll didn't go into Aragon and your king yeah. failed and ran, it would have been a draw. Yeah. But I think you're pretty safe at that point. So. Uh yeah. Well, it was it was on a knife edge. I reckon it was yeah. it was very close. But that that play with the troll. Uh, that I surprised myself with yeah, it worked was out well for me. It was great. I thought Aragon was far enough away, and <laughs> I just thought if my if my heroic combat came on, I, uh, if the roller went my way, I was just going to move him out of the way behind a piece of terrain. But unfortunately, yours went <laughs> off, and it was just he just lined up, lined yeah. up my king. But yeah. yeah, it was a great game, man. It was really, really, really exciting. Yeah. Um, talk to me. What are your sort of tactics with your guys moving forward? Uh, I guess. I mean, everyone says it's a horde army, so I'm just going to try and, and flood the board with as many goblins as I can. I'll try and body block like I did a bit with your cavalry. Yeah. Uh, and then the killing power is just going to be from the king and uh, and the troll. And I just, I burn through resources fast because I break easy, so I try and get as many kills as I can early and use the heroic combats yeah. while I can. Yeah, yeah, I like, yeah, I liked your placement. Actually, you, there's a few times where I had, could have done free combats with Aragon, but there was just no point because you just put trolls in the way of getting into your good stuff. So I yeah. could spend might, but I would only um, kill one dude. Yeah. So it was really good. Yeah. Anyway, man, thank you so much for your time. Again, great game and good luck with the rest of the tournament, bro. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Catch you, man. What up, listeners? It is PJ back here again after round two. We had the uh, the objective ones. I'm here with uh, Garrett. Mate, interesting game. Very interesting. I, uh, I think you got a bit unlucky with some of the dice rolls, but yeah, we had Domination, uh, Capture and Control, and Breakthrough. Yeah. I think I vetoed Capture and Control. And I and then, chose for us to use Breakthrough as I said. And yeah, that's right. You chose Breakthrough. Um, so before we get into the game, mate, why don't you just talk me about uh, what army you brought and what's in it? So I've brought the um, Iron Hills. Um, I've got Dane on Warbore leading um, seven dwarves with Spear and Shield. One with a banner, one with a mattock, and two with crossbow. And then um, I also he has three goat riders, uh, one with mattock and two with spear, uh, to try and contest objectives. And then in the second wall banner I got is a nice twirly whirly baluster. Yes, I did uh, slightly poo my pants when I saw the blister and not a lot of terrain on our board. Yep. Um, mate, how did you feel when you first saw my army of the dead placed down? What were you thinking? Oh. As soon as, like, I had to put the baluster first, so I thought I had a good objective, but then when I realised that you could get so close, I thought, oh no, I've only got one turn of shooting, and you had such great cover as well, where you had, because you had this nice um, weather top. Mm, yeah, like, that's like, right. Scenario, so everything I had to do with the volley fire would just basically be in the ways, and, and it was all within 12, so I couldn't shoot them. Yeah you, yeah, you placed it down probably a bit close. I like the idea of you placing it in the uh, defensive um, objective. It was a good idea, but were you expecting me to do the march with Aragon to no, try and get it straight in? No, I wasn't. So I should have, in hindsight, put it right on the table edge just mm. to be an absolute annoyance. Um, but yeah, with that march from Aragon, even going through like some difficult terrain through a little cover hole, but he was, yeah, able to yeah. just cause so much havoc. Yeah, we were, we were, uh, we were in, into, into battle very, very quickly. Um, <clears throat> sorry, listeners, we've got a, uh, an angry dog behind us. We're just going to move. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man, what a game. I think you got a bit unlucky with some of the dice rolls. Oh, uh, talk to me about Dane's first combat, because to me that was hilarious from my side of the board, probably gut-wrenching from your side so of the board. So I lost my combat just by one. I could have mitered and won the combat, but I thought it's, it's okay. I... If I lose the ball, that's all right, because I can just still make combat. He was right in the thick of it. I thought, it's not the worst if I lose the ball. Um, so I let you have it. 
and then you kill the boar, so I had yep. to do my thrown rider test, and I rolled a one. So I had to use a <laughs> yeah. might anyway just to stop myself from getting absolutely owned, so I should just use the might to begin with. Yeah, it was... Uh I think we joked about you getting a one and yeah. then you actually rolled a one and it was, look, it was pretty yeah. funny. The, the dice were just absolutely cruel this game. Yeah, um, there was a couple, couple of rolls, man. They were definitely not in your favour. Yeah. I think the reason why you spent that might point was because Aragorn was right there yeah. and the king was also nearby as well. Yeah. I think uh, Dane being on his ass would have been uh, bye-bye, yeah. Danny boy. And the fact that like every time I mastered a battle, I got every master battle off and then it was a yeah. roll-off, and you won every one of them. Yeah, that was funny. Like, you literally, every master battle went, what, what got through, and the roll-off just kept going my way yep. time and time yep. again. I got a lot of uh, a lot of priorities as well. Yeah. Um, I thought you did really well. You, you very early on, you set your dwarves out to capture the objectives, yep. which I thought was great. I, um, I actually was hoping to break you and for those guys to flee because they were further than 12 inches from Dane. But man, yeah. they stayed around, bro. They, they did. They were fantastic. They they really held their own. And uh, the fact that like I was able to hold your final objective in your starting base was the only thing that got me the points because yeah. of their uh, courageousness of sticking around, just holding that objective. Yeah. But nah, like it was just... It was just uh, like the fact that we were able to stay through every one of their objectives and just encourage it out and just hold it. But just couldn't win combat. Yeah, yeah. I think you got a bit. You got a bit unlucky. I think when my guys were winning, they were just, they were just slaying you guys left, Absolutely. right, and center. Um, however, it was a good game. I felt like, uh, yeah, you definitely got a bit unlucky. Yeah. What's uh, what's your sort of tactics moving forward, man? Um, I think I have to like definitely keep the bastard further back than I, you know, at, at the very edge, just to be as much of a nuisance and cause chaos as possible. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely something I have to do. I think Dane um, just has to be a little more of a shield wall, just just go in and throw himself at everything. I mean, he's got fight high enough that it doesn't matter if he gets surrounded, he should win his fights. Yeah. Uh, should. With my dice <laughs> rolls, won't. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> but, a time um, to uh, sin bin those dice, I reckon. Yeah. I mean, I'm using elf dice, so that's probably why. The, the yeah, dice don't like, like it. No, yeah. you're wrong. How yeah, Dane hates elves, man. Come on. got to change him up. So there's that. And... Um, Probably just keep up with the goat riders. I think I'm happy with what I'm doing with goat riders. Is just yep. contesting objectives. Yeah, um, for sure. They don't move that far, but through difficult terrain, uh, through rocky mountains, they can just walk through it like normal and jump through. Yeah, for so. sure. For the listeners at home, we did actually have quite a bit of rocky terrain, so it was really hard for uh, my army of the dead to get anywhere near his goat riders. They were constantly out of range, moving around, and I just couldn't uh, couldn't get to you. Yeah. So a lot of those a lot of those um, Objectives I just couldn't contest until right till the uh, the very very end. Yeah. Um, I think we the game ended as eleven two. Yes. I believe, but the turn before that it was actually pretty close because you were you had the one of the center objectives and I, yep. and the rear objective like yep. the one that you were attacking. So at a point you were was probably closer to maybe and ten I also or won 11, the six. Fight value against Aragorn in a fight ten versus. That's fight, right. Fight when we seven. when we both struck up, I uh, I flunked it. I got a fight. Uh, I got a roll to one. Yep. And you were you were the fight ten. And then I rolled a five. But I was out of might. And you were. You just, you just rolled the six, and I'm like. I rolled that beautiful, beautiful six on my little tiny dice. It was yep. beautiful. So um, was that the one where he was? Where I think he was murdered. Dane was trapped as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he had, I think, yeah, the, we had the King of the Dead, yep. Aragorn, yep. and a bunch of spear supports. And you were a little bit hesitant to do the combat because you weren't uh, thinking that, like, you know, you'd win. Man, I was shitting myself. I did not want Aragorn to come in against Dane. Every time I've tried to verse Dane with Aragorn, he just dies because he's yep. wounding me on threes. Um, so I was very, very hesitant, but you uh, you were pressuring me. You're like, come on, do it, bro. Do it, so, do it. I was like, I all right. it was funny for the memes. <laughs> and if you got it, you got those extra points. And if you lost, I mean, it, it was yeah, probably better true. off in not doing it. But it was just still funny to see. 
I mean, the yeah, way the sure. dust gods were going, it's like, nah, you're bound to get this one finally. Yeah, you're a pretty unlucky, man. But, yeah. um, mate, thank you very much nah, for, uh, for hanging back and chatting with me. Appreciate Good luck it. with the tournament you and uh, hope all goes well, man. Cheers. You too. What up, listeners? It is PJ here again after round three. I've got my friend Theodore here. Theodore, how are you feeling? Pretty good after that last round. Yes. I. Before we get into it, I need the listeners to understand that I can basically start my own Himalayan salt company because I am fucking salty after that game. But uh, before we get that far, Theo, what, uh, what army did you take, mate? So I had Corsairs. Yep. Nice, nice mix of Dalamir, Delgamar, Bosun, and smatten, smattering of all the fixins. Yep. I think you had a couple of black numbs in there as well. Yeah, four black numbs, four reavers, 11 yep. crossbows. Yeah, it was nasty. It was nasty stuff. Uh, and then, so our scenarios this time was this the slog fest. So we yeah. had the Lords of Battle, uh, Contest of Champions, and then... To the death. To the death, that's right. So I think I lost that uh, roll off, so I got rid of To the Death. And then yep. you had the choice of choosing... I had the choice of, do, does the leader kill more or does the army kill more? Correct. And I was... Very shocked at your choice. What did you end up choosing? So I ended up choosing Contest of Champions. Insane choice. Insane choice. Now, for the listeners at home, we were playing on a swampy-type boar with a bit of water. So again, you'd probably be thinking, Army of the Dead, oh, they're a shoe-in for this. Aragon, Contest of Champions, he's a shoe-in for this. <sighs> painful. Painful game. So, started off deploying. I played my guy pretty much smack-bang in the riddle middle, I wanted Aragorn to get into combats yeah. pretty quick, and you had your Delamere, is he your, your yeah, hero? Delamere, he was, he was about all... one rank back? Yeah, it was a similar yeah. thing, one rank back, but with the open gap so that he could go through. What was your what was your thought process in choosing this um, scenario? Uh, my thought process was that I outnumbered you more than two to one, yep. so your chances of just dealing wounds everywhere was a lot better than mine, Yeah. but that Delamere can put in a surprising amount of work, even even though I really struggled to actually get him stuck in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so then, yeah, your placement was, uh, yeah, pretty much one row back. What was your tactics in doing that? I think it was mostly, I didn't want you to be able to get the charge. I wanted to be able to, to pick and choose where he fought. Yeah. Ideally pick off some chaff before going for Aragorn. Yeah. Not that that plan happened, but <laughs> that was the plan going in. Yeah. Yeah, well, my tactic was to basically just slog through your guys as quickly as possible have my guys on the outer um, pretty much just tying you up protecting Aragorn from being peeled off and try and get into your hero yeah. then six turns in using well each turn I did a heroic combat the first one to kill the first two guys I was thinking yep. great turn one kill two guys perfect go on to the next two guys flop and I think you actually you won that roll off did you win the roll off and did a wound or took a fade off from you or something uh, no, I think I, that, that round I took a fate off the king of the That's dead. what it was. Right, okay, cool. Anyway, Aragorn flopped against just two basic yeah. dudes, which was just insane. And then, um, basically, if I had to kill those guys, it would have completely opened up your oh, hero. Yeah. And that's what, I, that's what I was hoping for. Anyway, then I was thinking it was just a bit of a kill fest. Kill, you killed some of my guys, I killed some of your guys. Then round two came. I think you won the roll-off, and then I did a heroic yeah. move. Um, but you, you won every single heroic move roll-off. Yeah, so for, again... Every, the only roll-off you won. Theo, Theo won a lot of priorities, but I did a free heroic move, and then pretty much, I think I won every single one of them. Every single one. Yeah, it was brutal. Even when we... Uh, yeah, every roll, every dice roll-off we went to, they all went to me. Um, that cost a lot of my might. It did cost a lot of your might. Um, but yeah, basically, Aragon, what a flop. Could you believe 
how badly he that, performed. I think that is the worst I've ever seen Aragorn do in a game. Man, I was absolutely shocked. So again, listeners, I think, so I did the first heroic combat. The second heroic combat, I lost the fight. Yep. Didn't even win the fight. And I think you, you failed to wound or... I think I'd shielded. That's just, right, you just shielded. Just to hold you at bay. Yeah, that's right, you shielded. I only went against one guy, the second one, thinking, yeah. I was going to kill this guy to get to your leader. Because your leader also failed a courage chest. Yeah. I, so I, all, all Aragorn had to do was kill this one guy and then get into the yeah. leader. Aragorn flopped it. Uh, second turn, I think very similar scenario. Did the roll off, went to me. I did another heroic combat, used my last point of actual might. Um, went into, I think, another one dude again, possibly. Flopped that again. Um, it was just insane. Not even, not even winning the fights, losing the fights. I think you did a very good job at peeling off my spear supports and things like that. So Aragorn never had the the banner in there, unfortunately. And then, what was your then? Then basically, I'd killed enough people around um, around you or around Aragorn so that I could get into your hero. I think at that yeah. point, I think I was up four to one or four to two or something uh, yeah, like that. I, I think it was three nil at that point. Yeah, it could have been. I think you, actually, yeah, you hadn't yeah. killed anyone at that point. And then talk us through what kept happening next. Yeah, so Aragorn kept going into Dalamir. He only had one might in his free, but he just... <laughs> every round you got, you had the higher fight, yep. but just could not win that duel roll. No. Every round Dalamir managed to get, get that five or six that you just couldn't match. No. And that proved to be enough. That two yeah. rounds of... Two rounds of wounds on you know fives with re-rolls yeah the fives of re-rolls actually caught me off guard i didn't know he had that um the very first time that mm -hmm. i went in yeah so i think you dealt like a few wounds i dealt out of three wounds the first yeah combat the first one and i was like at that point i was like that's not good i was no. starting to shit myself and i was like okay he's got some wounds here i think we'll either tie or maybe you were beating me by one one in the tally point at that point and i was thinking all right i can still do this put Aragorn into him again, fucking flunked him again. And I think at that point, you might have only done one wound or something at that point. Because I know we were in combat about three times. Yeah, I think, from memory, it took two rounds of Dalamir striking against Aragorn yeah. to kill him. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, anyway, viewers, long story short, Dalamir killed Aragorn. So he got the three wounds um, for the fate and the three wounds for the actual wounds. So he was up six by that point. And then I think... Um, the final tally was Dalamir's six to Aragorn's three. Yeah, so. it was just absolutely brutal. Absolutely brutal for Aragorn. I couldn't believe how poorly he performed. So basically, yeah, I don't know how I don't know how it happened. I had everything stacked to my favor. Good scenario. Great oh, terrain. I, I was terrified of this matchup and this board yeah. and the scenarios on offer. Mate, you played an absolute risk choosing this scenario, and it uh it very much paid off for you. So I uh, have to say, yeah, it was very, very well played by you, mate. You just stuck in there and you didn't give up and fucking ended up getting the W. How's thank, it feel? Thank you very much. It feels very good. It feels a little undeserved because it was clear <laughs> you outplayed me at just about every point, but just the, di the, di the, the dice, dice did not go in your favor yeah, on the important bro, I'm roles. so salty. Um, mate, what is your tactics with these guys moving forward? That was a bit of a tough scenario. You couldn't really yeah. play your tactics. What is your, what is your um, plan moving forward for the last game? Uh, my plan normally is sit back and shoot a bit soften them up 11 crossbows can do a lot of work yeah, nasty um, and then ideally pick people off get traps where you can reavers yeah. with traps are absolutely filthy yeah. I only managed to get that twice this game yeah um, yeah. but just plus two to wound is is nasty this is why assault on Lothlorien is the cheese it is <laughs> um, yeah yeah it was man it was uh, 
Yeah, it was an insane game. But yeah, you think you ended up beating me 10 nil? Yeah, I was, 10 I, was, nil. I was not expecting that. No, I didn't even break you. No. Like, so at one point, I was like, I was like, if I can just kill your hero, then at least after that, I'll have a couple of turns of Aragorn yes. just need to get a couple kills. Just stop me racking up Italian. That was all, that was my plan. I'm like, I just need to kill this effing, you know what? Yeah. Fuck it, I'm going to say it. This fucking leader. And uh, just couldn't do it. Just could not do it. But um, no, nah, man, thank you so much for chatting after the game. Good luck for the last good. game. Thank Is you. That, how many wins have you got now for uh, the day? It's two wins and one loss now. No, wait. How good was your other win? How many points by? My other win was 8-3. So not quite okay. as good, but yeah. still could be, a solid win. Yeah, you should be versing one of the uh, the top one of the, uh, the the top tier sort of people. I will probably be versing one of the lower ones. So maybe one of my mates I'll be playing against. We shall see. But, it's always uh, a bit nicer when it's a more friendly match. And there's there's not be. so much on the line. Yeah, no, you are now my em nemesis, my friend. That, you and that army, I need some revenge. This is the first time I've managed to beat you. <laughs> Crazy. Anyway, great stuff, man. Good luck. Thank you, and good luck to you. G'day, listeners. It is PJ here again after round four. And I'm here with my mate, Ty. Tyler, isn't it? Tyler. Yeah, Tyler. Yeah. Um, man, how you going? Yeah. Not bad. Not after, after that game, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, insane game. Insane game. We'll get to that in a second. First of all, man, talk to me. What army did you bring today? So I did a Yellow Alliance uh, Numenor Lothlorien combo where it was Lindil and Haldir. Um, so yeah, just brought basically a mid majority of the army was just Numenorians and then just a little bit of splash with some elves. So it's fight, some fight six pikes and things of that nature. Yeah, very nice. And I think you like the old Numenorian, old like old Numenorian, old Gladrium type style, don't you? I've seen you use that a couple of times. Yep. It is very nice, man. Um, so yeah, we had the scenarios were Clash by Moonlight, Assassination, Fog of War. I, l I think I lost yeah. the roll. I lost the roll, so I picked first. So I straight up got rid of fog of uh clash by moonlight yep. the shooting one got rid of that straight away uh which was pretty expected and then you picked to do the fog of war yep yeah absolutely what was your reasoning behind that uh just because i have more model count i know that for a fact that you're gonna have to be bogged down dealing with the lindil and trying to get through to get to haldir that i know i at least can spare one or two troops whether it's my galadriel court guard they're like herd six and yep. have them just go grab an objective yeah so that's the main thing that I was like, oh, assassination is purely that I'm having to go after that particular model. And, and even in the game that we had, I couldn't really get to the King of the Dead readily yeah. Yeah. in that sense. Yeah, our game was very interesting that it was straight up. I knew that I had, I could only pick your Haldir. You could only pick my King and I could only protect my King and you could only protect Haldir. <laughs> so it was very, there was no real tacticians. It was just, all right, which piece of terrain am I picking and which piece of terrain are you picking? Um, so straight up, I picked that little wally thing, which I think was pretty obvious because my guys were just sitting on it the whole time. Yeah. Um, I was fucking beelined it for that. And uh, man, I think, I think you just eggs me on, bro. I think I was <laughs> shitting myself for Elendil, and you're like, "Come on, man, let's just fucking let's, <laughs> let's just get, get into, into it. it. <laughs> let's just get into it. Let's just go, Daddy versus fucking long lost fucking son, <laughs> descendant, <man>. descendant. <laughs> and then the king had also pissed you off in the history as well. So there's a bit of a bit of law there too. 100%. And uh, insane game. So for you listeners at home, I want you to be. I just want to set the tone here. Okay, I was shitting myself against. Elendil was on the charge. I think he charged a couple of models. And I left a nice little gap so Aragorn could get through the gap, but no mounted model could get through to Aragorn. Seems fucking foolproof. It was a perfect plan. I was like, perfect. I'll heroic combat and hopefully get to Haldir, kill Haldir. No problems. Um, he got his free heroic combat. 
think I called one or yeah, you you called one yeah. and I I won the roll off I think you won the roll off and you were only against one dude one, one dead one army of the dead yeah. so you had eight eight dice to get a fight to to get a wound yep. you got that fucking easy oh by the way <laughs> listeners this guy did not not roll a six for every fight with the lender it was insane. Anyway then, talk me through what happened. An absolute blindside. I've never expected someone to play at this time. So it's one of those things where it's no one expects the dismount to go in. No I fucking mean, way. Aragon didn't strike up. No. Nah. My Lindil's fight seven. So yep. at the end of the day, his Aragon's defense five, and I'm about to go into him easy with a plus one to wound, basically wounding him on threes. Yep. So what disadvantage do I have? Even if I have to make him burn might, we both burn might until we get up to six. No worries. So well, I, no, I, I couldn't because I, I called a combat. You, you called a combat. No, but even with even if it was the roll, even if it was uh, the roll yeah, of dice, even yeah, if we yeah. both rolled fours, or you yeah. rolled a five and I rolled a four, yeah. I would still make you spend two. I would spend two yeah, might, yeah, 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 make yeah. you spend some real one. I'd still win the fight yeah. and still roll. Yeah, I was screwed. It was a very... I don't, I don't even think I had my three might at that point. I think you, you had all three, and yeah. I was down to, like, maybe one, one or two. two. Yeah. yeah. And so nah. I was just like, oh, I don't mind. Either yeah. way, I'll burn his might. Yeah. I'll do my thing. I'll still potentially get some wounds. But the outcome of that one... <clears throat> yeah, so I think we, we, did, we did the roll off. I think... Did I get a six? You did get a six. I think I, think I wanted to know that I got the six, but you also <laughs> got the six. And then what happened? And then I rolled my three dice... Needing just a three and got nothing above a two. Yeah, it was it was amazing. It was awesome. But you chose to not spend it though because you wanted to. I think you wanted to wait to kill the king. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. So it was very noble of him. He didn't uh, didn't didn't kill my Aragon. Um, and then. However, next turn. Oh, next turn. <laughs> next turn was even worse. Again, I just had that. I could just hear your voice in my head. I'm like, balls to the wall. Balls to the wall. Balls to the wall. I'm like, all right, fuck it. Just throw Aragon in by himself near Haldir. Right. I completely forgot you had other models that hadn't moved yet, and yep. uh, yeah. and I trapped him. Aragon got had nice my fight six pipe in. Yeah, you won the strike off, and I had faith that I was like, oh, I don't mind if you win the strike. That's off. right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because at the end yeah. of the day, you have your three dice, and I know how yeah. Aragon rolls sometimes, and yeah. definitely doesn't roll like a Lindu. It seems. Nah, nah. And, uh, and you got not. a nice four high, and yeah. had one might point at that. That's what it stage. was. That's what it was. I couldn't even. I couldn't even mind it up. Yeah, there was a glimmer of hope. So I think I'd forgot to mark off one of my might points. I'm like, do I have one? That doesn't seem right. I'm sure I only have one. Is there some fate? Fate here? Fate? I don't know. No, but anyway, you got you got the six with I think with Haldir or Haldir. someone anyway. Yeah. So you won it. And, and then, then just then Aragorn was gone. Aragorn was gone. Haldir only got one wound, and then my other Numenorians in in yeah, that's got right. five. Yeah. On eight dice, got five five or yeah. got five fives. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. All I know is Aragon was instant fucking killed. Yep. And it was soul crushing. And that, and that was all. Folks. But it was fucking awesome. It was a very fun game. Yeah. Um, God, it was funny. I guess it's just one of those things, just to keep in mind of just like potentially getting just throwing off your opponents just by dismounting. Oh man, it was brilliant. It's, especially, brilliant. especially if you have a big hero. Yes, no worries. You lose that dismount. You somewhat lose that power, but at the same time. You can surprise them so quick, and you're like, "Oh yeah. wow!" I think it was just with the fight seven. Yeah. It was just so smart to just come in knowing that all you had to do was roll a Semi four, really, four really, or even a three, a yeah. three, and you were winning that fight and probably going to kill Aragon. You flunked it anyway, flunked but it. but the, um, the strat was still there and it was, yeah, it was still great. valid. And I was just like, "Yeah, just to do it." I was like, "Oh, 
Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. So. <laughs> so with the fact that it surprised you, you're like, wait, wait a minute, what are you I doing? Couldn't, I think I had, to, I, had to, I had to walk away and just compose myself for a few minutes. Like, fucking brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And then we sort of continued the theme of just balls to the wall and then Haldir and the king. We made way to make we made, sure that We made they... way to make sure that those two could get a fight in. Uh, both struck up. Yeah. You, did I I think I won oh no you, you know, won I won the fight I won, won the strike you won the strike and then I won the fight and then you won the fight yes and I uh, got a nice five and a three and yeah, looked at the right. king and was like yeah nah yeah you had no have a nice mind. day yeah <laughs> and then the game then the game ended so yeah. I, was, I don't know what the scores were I'm sure I know you beat me by a few but no, I, oh I don't even care it was so much fun just the <laughs> just the just the constant back and forth was awesome it was, fucking, it was a good game it was a great game man um, so how many how many wins did you end up having today, including oh, that one? Two. Two and two? two? Only two. Yeah, two, and two. two and two. Yeah, cool, man. Awesome, yeah. brother. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for staying back and chatting, man. That is probably one of the coolest games I've ever played. It was yeah. insane. Insane. Awesome. No worries. Thanks, brother. No Catch worries. you, man. So. G'day, listeners. It is PJ here again. We have finished the day. I am here with the tournament host. Now, I want to get this right. Is it pronounced... Jakob or is it Jacob, Lucas? Uh, it's it's actually Jacob. It's I know Jacob. it's hard for some people. It's yeah. hard for some but people. Jay could just go either way sometimes. You, just, you don't know. That's it. Um, bro, talk to me. What's the uh, talk to me a little bit about this tournament that you, that you ran today? So this is Triumph Two. This is actually a tournament I ran. Or I ran a tournament called Triumph a couple of years ago. Needed a name, so I decided Triumph Two was a good one. Five hundred, five hundred points. Had a lot yep. of fun lists, and yeah, was was pretty easy to put together. So yeah, man, it was a great day. There was a lot of boards out here today. The terrain was phenomenal. I think you did a great job organizing it, man. And everyone, the vibe today was really good. Everyone was, um, I think, everyone was pretty pumped, even when you were getting some losses, which was definitely me. But uh, <laughs> no, it was a good day, man. I yeah. loved it. The community is so good. Everyone was chill. I don't think I saw anyone unhappy about anything, even with some rulings that you know. Um, might have cost someone a game that was yeah. kind of 50-50. They were still fine with it because they were out here having a good time. And, and that's like that's great from a tournament organizer perspective when everyone's just happy. It makes yeah. it easy. Now, everyone that I was talking to, man, absolutely loved today. And the thing I like about your tournaments as well is you get the, uh, the best sport um, because I suck at painting. Well, I don't paint. I suck at playing the games whenever podium. But today I won the best sport. You so did. Well, I'm happy with that. It was an equal draw for, for the best sport. Shh, the three, three players got... <laughs> Three votes. Throw it under the fucking but bus. We, we only have one certificate, and it was a test. I I offered it to all of you, and uh, and only one of the three took it. Yeah, who was that? It, it was actually you. So I yeah, think that course. might renege you of the best sport. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely wanted that because I think I've won. I won another tournament once as well. So I'm just collect, just collecting Mate, those. So you gotta um, work your way up. Now I see you've got a few things that on the go at the moment. I've seen you got the uh, the Rohan Stronghold. Yep. That seems to be absolutely firing. But you've got some other stuff coming yeah. out. What's going on with that? So that was pretty exciting. It was a little board in the corner that I didn't make a big yep. deal of, but there's some, some dwarven buildings on that, and that's the next big Kickstarter project that I'm yep. putting out. So that'll be out, uh, you know, probably, I don't know when this podcast coming out, but that's <laughs> all right. Dear listener, it might already be It's been be out. out three months ago. Go and get it. Yeah. No. Um, um, but that'll be called, uh, this is the first time I'm saying the name on the record, oh, Kingdom huge. of Durak Deep. So, Kingdom of Durak Deep. Listeners, you've heard it yep. here first. This is a special intro. Hopefully, Albert and Geordie get this out quick. That's it. So it's going to be a little, uh, a little sneak preview. Yeah, they um, Now, can I push up a little bit further in saying, he talked a little bit about what the terrain is. Now, I've watched one of the latest battle reports between you and Geordie, and yep. I did see a little snippet yep. uh, on your conquest... Um, 
Oh, you better know the name. Fuck. <laughs> you better know the name. Conquest Creations. Hey, there we go. Uh, there's a little uh, snippet where you had, I think there was one with like a mine shaft. Yeah. Or something similar. That looks sick. And then some little dwarven houses that you can also walk through. It all looks very uh, yeah. playable. Can you talk to me a little bit about it? So the idea behind the terrain is, you know, there's a lot of amazing terrain rules in Middle Earth. And we want to make terrain that makes everyone use all those cool rules. Um, yeah. And adding extra little flavor things in. So we've got um, that mine shaft. And what I'm going to do when people are playing on that table, in Maelstrom scenarios, they can come in from the board edge or they can come out of the mine shaft. Just little things like that. Ooh, I like Just that. for friendly games that make yeah. it really engaging. And then there's going to be... Um, a minecart railway that can run around the, um, the table so you'll be able to push people off the edge of cliffs and push them off that and cool. I was really wondering cool where that piece was going to go to in that little yeah. snippet that we saw alright that's super cool man yeah it's going to be a lot of fun do we have a time frame of when you think do you have dates or anything like that of when you think that's going to be coming out yeah so that one should be a mid to late March yep uh, and um, I'm working with a, a really, really good sculptor on that one, so I'm not doing yep. sculpting myself this time. Cool. Um, and the exciting thing is that as soon as we're done sculpting on that one, I've got to do all the printing, all the painting, all the promotion. So by the time he's done, I've got a bit of work to do, and he's going to be yep. starting on the next project straight away. So after the Dwarven one, there's another project straight away. It's, it is already in the concept phase, yep. Ooh. So... We're, we're investing, but we're committed. We think it's some really cool stuff. I'm cool, super man. excited to get it out. Um, the, the next project's still a secret. It's not 100% decided on. Ooh, I reckon I might be able to guess it maybe. I'll talk to you after oh, this maybe. It's <laughs> got to be off the record. <laughs> um, and mate, I hear that season three of the Champions League is soon going to be getting released too yeah. on your YouTube channel. Talk so about that. Conquest Champions season three is in production. Uh, yep. it's, it's been a little bit slow in production in terms of filming. We've, yep. At this stage, we've got two games fully filmed, fully edited. It's just about coordinating the rest of the games and making that happen. Yep. Um, and there's a couple other little bit reports in between now and then. Just some fun ones. Did a friendly one with Geordie the other Mate, night. I watched that game and holy crap, that was a mad bat rep yeah. to watch. If, listeners, if you haven't seen this one, it is the Easterlings from Geordie versus uh, Jacob's Dwarves. Fuck, that game was sick. It was... It, yeah, I don't want to give it away too much, but yeah, I'm not going to say. Oh, well, I, I can, I'm indifferent over here, but just trust me. If you haven't watched it, you don't know where the game is going to go. It is so it exciting. Had a very good late game, and just trying to put more battle reports out. They're a lot of fun yeah. to put together. They seem um, like they take a bit of time as well. There's a lot of uh, yeah. your bat reps are definitely up there. They're nice. They're not doesn't, don't take too long, and there's clearly a lot of editing and stuff in terms of you know cutting out. In a nice way of putting it, some of the boring stuff for the viewers and whatnot. Yeah. The goal with those battle reports is to make them as short as possible, basically. Yeah. Which, uh, some of them have been like 30, 35 minutes, which is getting a bit long. Uh, my goal with the Conquest Champion Season 3 is for all of them to be 25 minutes. Well, so yeah, Nice, cool. clean, easy to watch. It's fun, engaging, and there's no boring stuff. Yeah. So just basically put people like myself versus Jeremy will have a nice quick game well that that would be that'd be quick for a different reason yeah that'd make my job easy that one might be 15 yeah. minutes yeah we won't get into that I'm still salty um, <laughs> cool man is there anything else how yeah, that, are you, you got a full time job like how are you doing all these different projects at the moment um, I'm yeah I'm spending a lot of time doing a lot of things uh, crazy for the past little while I've, um, so I'm still doing uni um, yeah. which means I'm only working part time uh, doing mechanical engineering so I've got three days a week for the past couple months on Conquest yeah which has been good. Uh, but uni's coming back, so I'll do that five times a week. 
five days a week. I don't know how um, you find time plus organise like multiple tournaments a year as well. Yeah, I I've got another job as well. So <laughs> we're burning the candle from both ends. Um, but are. if things can work out with Conquest Creations, it'll be so worth it. Um, yeah, man, that thing is like stuff. it's firing, bro. It's firing. Yeah, um, I, I did want to spruik one more thing. We have yep. fourth age three D printing. Yeah, uh, talk to you. I've seen uh, Chris. I actually yeah. got some three D printing done from him. His stuff is nice. Yeah. So yeah, what's going on with that? Really good quality. So Chris and I partnered up. Um, he was interested in doing some Middle Earth stuff, so I, I recommended, hey, you should put together some army bundles. It's something that I used to do a while ago. Tried and kind of gave up because I don't think I was doing it well enough. Um, but he's serious about the printing and. Yeah, put together some awesome army bundles that are really affordable for a full set. Uh, yeah. And he sponsored this tournament massively. Every single player got a 3D printed Thranduil foot and mounted on Elk. Um, and he just supplied that. So that's fantastic. Yeah, he, um, his stuff is cheap and good quality. Like he, um, yeah. and he's, like I said, when I uh, got some stuff through him, great communicator. Says he sent shit on time. You constantly get all these updates. His website and everything is very professional. It's not just some yeah. bloke doing a home job. He's really gone balls to the wall with. Yeah trying to set it up properly and he yeah he's serious about it and one great thing that he's done is he set up affiliate links um so it means yeah. if someone watches my video and they click on my link and purchase products conquest creations gets a kickback you heard um, it here guys make sure you use those links i think oh, the yeah. uh i think the code is also in that youtube uh, game is, against yeah, geordie so it's, too it's 15 yeah. off and then i get a kickback from it so yeah. if you want to support conquest creations the best thing to do is to buy fourth age products yeah. at the moment until my products come out my uh, <laughs> minor stls so they're, they're totally different yeah. all right cool yeah. Uh, is there anything else, man? Anything else you got going on? Is that the, uh, the the full list of it at the moment? Uh, at the moment, that's the full list of it. I've cool. got uh, little hobby stuff. I've got three armies that are almost done being painted, so they'll they'll yeah. be on the channel. Three new ones that haven't really been played much on the channel, so cool. that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, but other than that, mate, just love life. Love and life. That's it. All right, bro. Well, thank you for staying back and chatting with me today, and I will uh, I'll speak to you again soon. Beautiful. Catch the listeners. Bye. Four incredible games. Sounds like there were some ups and downs, but let's start with round one. What do you do when you're standing uh, at the table and on the other side, you've got a horde and on your side, you've only got 17 models? Like what, what's going through your head in those moments, not PJ? Just, not just any horde too. The horde <laughs> army. The best horde army. Well, not only is it the horde army, it's the horde army that can have models come on from any edge of the board in destroy the supplies yeah so it was definitely an uphill battle um before we'd even placed models i knew straight away that my three objectives were they were going to go so i was like all right cool so what i need to do now is just go and get his three not break and then kill his king that was the plan i was like all i gotta do is just do that um don't focus on, on anything else um, so yeah, just got Aragon to basically just march up the middle of the board. He started bringing his king forward, and then I started marching around um, to my left, his right, and used a big sort of terrain piece as an anchor point, um, and then just got away from his king just to try and break him as quick as I possibly could. Mm. Um, and in this game, I think we started a little bit slow as well because um, I remember we hadn't been playing that long and. I think Jacob came past saying we've got like an hour left or something like that. So this game, I definitely would have liked to have gone the full 90 minutes. Um, it, it ended really, really quickly. Um, but uh, yeah, look, the, the bloke I played, Aaron, is a legend. I've played him a couple of times and every time we have really, really close games. Um, and it was just a fun game. He 
hadn't really used that army too many times himself. So we were both sort of you know, figuring out our way through through the army and whatnot. Um, it was such a fun game, and pretty much the very it was down to the down to the wire. Very last turn. If there was one more turn, I would have got the last supply, and most likely killed his king because I had majority of my models still left on the board. Um, he was well and truly broken, um, and his king, yeah, would have been surrounded by my king of the dead and my Aragon and a bunch mm. of dudes. Um, and his king also had no will left, so there's a high chance that his king could have um, even fled um, based on courage checks and whatnot. Um, neither neither of us got to quarter, but like I said, the game ended on time rather than us actually playing the game out, which is always a bit of a tough pill to swallow. Mm. Um, but nevertheless, Aaron played a great game. Um, and he, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of turns, man. I was just trying to get to each objective and he just hoarded his goblins out so that I couldn't get to his objectives, um, fast at all. But, um, really, really cool game. And he also had, um, I think it was build the troll. He had build the troll in there as well, which was just basically picking up my models and just doing hurls left, right and center. Um, he actually killed more of his own models doing that than mine, though, which was hilarious. <laughs> um, but he did get a couple of cheeky ones off on Aragon, though, and he actually happened to get one wound on Aragon, too. Um, so he got an extra point for that as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a really, really cool game. Good fun game. But unfortunately, yeah, I got the loss, and it was 7-5, seven, seven, I think, Ooh, or something nice. similar. That's a pretty good clawback, considering you essentially start six and zero. Mm. Like, yeah. Well, I was six and zero. He was. He said he. He said he gave it to me from turn three, but I reckon it was almost turn two. I reckon he. Yeah. Three. He just had the 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 scribe pretty much deploy in the middle, sort of thing, and they just sort of spread out, went for the objective. So about turn two or three, definitely by turn three, it was six nil. So yeah, like, I'm. Right. I'm not going to soapbox too much, but I think if the scribe wants to stay in the game, I feel like they should just enter by Maelstrom. Like, they break about three different scenarios because you can just reinforce from behind your enemy. Like, mm. recon, mm. capture the flag, and burn the supplies are just broken. Mm. But anyway, back to back to the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just so many bodies. And I, I'll um, back to the time, though. Uh, Jacob did set quite a short amount of time considering it was a 500-point game. Like, I'm not sure if you remember, PJ. I think it might have been, like, an hour 45, maybe. Yeah, well, yeah, I think I think that's even been... I think that was what was allocated, but by the time you... Yeah, everyone yeah. ...from board to board, and then, like, when you're versing a horde army as well, it's going to take time to get set up. So mm. it's definitely less than 90 minutes for a game, for sure. Um, and at 500 points, that is that is quick. Mm. Um, and especially for my army, my army loves going um, for as long as possible because our courage is pretty good and yeah. we use it for a while. Um, but like, it certainly, Aaron certainly was not slow playing me in any, no, in, in no, any way. And that's it. He was, he was an incredible um, person to play. I love playing that dude. He's a lot of fun. Um, we just, um, just didn't have a lot of time, but um, Seven five, yeah, I was still happy with that result. I would have loved just one more turn. One more turn would have would have definitely changed things. But um it is what it is, unfortunately. It is what it is. But um yeah, he uh yeah, he played great. 
And then on to round two, you've got another kind of board control and movement based <laughs> mission, which is great when you've only got 17 models. Uh, who, who, remind us who you were coming up uh, against in round two. So I was playing uh, Jarrett in uh, in round two. So we played Breakthrough, and he had the Iron Hills, pretty much Dane, just um, spammed out with um, Iron Hills Warriors, a couple of Goat Riders, and then a nasty Siege Engine. Um, so yeah. he played this, the Twirly Whirlies at 500. The, yeah, it, I was... As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, man, if if Aragorn or the King is out in, you know, one or two or even three turns, I'm like, oh, I'm so screwed here. Um, so he placed it. The, the board was actually rocky terrain, so it suited him quite well because his goat was just hopping up and around the, the place. The goats, they get to live yeah. the dream. It's a, it's a rare dream, dream for them. Around the place like crazy. It was doing my heading. Just couldn't catch the <laughs> bloody thing. Um, and he played with them very well. Um, but yeah, the, the, there was lots of rocky terrains and big sort of mountains on the boards. And there was this one key piece in the middle, sort of like, uh, weather top type vibe in the middle. Mm. Um, so I pretty much just used that as an anchor point and just got Aragon to march all the way up the board and then just veered off, um, around that. And then just to sort of get within that, that, that no go zone from the ballista. So he couldn't shoot me. Um, he managed to get a couple of shots off, um, and he did hit some of my targets, but didn't roll the four to kill me. Uh, and on one of them, oh, he actually killed his own yeah. goat rider, which was massive. massive. He, uh, the ghosts he are actually shot. okay against strength nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we can, we can take it. So, um, but uh, and then yeah, that game, I just pretty much just pinned, got Dane pinned down for as long as I could and just got Aragorn and the King just to wipe through as many of his um, models as possible and then when I was ready I just basically went into went into Dane and um, yeah pretty much instant killed him with Aragorn a bunch of ghosts and the King um, and then from there it was just trying to trying to get rid of some of his um, models that were in my defensive um a uh, little three inch in on my half. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm guessing these were the good boys. Yeah, yeah. He had them just in a nice little area that I couldn't charge him, but he could always charge me. <laughs> um, and yeah, he uh, he ended up getting two points, I think, because of the, the 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 one in my area. But I also had models there as well, so I think he got two points or something for that. Um, but it was it was. It was tough for him at the start. I think it was sort of bad placement from his blister, which he which he he knew he made a bad one where he put it. Um, and once I got up in his face, um, I think he had a tough time dealing with my with my guys. Yeah, and this one sounds like the matchup was okay because as far as numbers, he was close to you, if not maybe slightly smaller. No, I think he had a few more. I think he had Just twenty a few more. Okay. plus, and then I. Th- the guys on the blister or something don't count, or something along those lines. Maybe I can't remember, but he ended up he ended up dismounting them and getting them into battle pretty quickly. Anyway, um, yeah, once you're within that twelve, yeah. And then the other thing that I find interesting here, and this is someone who doesn't play on with the dead, so here's why: Dane winning on fives. That's unique for him. He's so prepared for fours and threes. He doesn't do fives. Yeah, often. well, mate, that's why I kept Aragon away from him. 
I was like, he, yeah. he kept um, baiting me. He's like, come on, bring him in. I'm like, absolutely not. No <laughs> said, your dude will <laughs> annihilate my guy. Um, so I was like, no way. But he did actually get pretty unlucky. He, um, I think he did a heroic combat or I think I called a heroic combat, a free one with Aragon. He mastered it, battled it. And then he went, he killed the first two guys, I think. And then he went into another one or maybe another one with a spear support or something. I can't remember how it worked out, but he ended up losing the fight. And I killed the pig the first go with my mm. first guy. He rolled a one um, on the you know thrown rider. He mited it up because he didn't want to be um, trampled by Aragon. But then he was out of might. And then my second dude ended up doing a wound on him as well. So huge. It was just it was just a crazy, crazy bad luck for him. Even I felt sorry for him at that turn. I couldn't believe it. It was such a lucky turn for me. And then once Dame was off his pig, um, I felt I could I could I could take him on. Yeah. So at this stage, you're sitting one and one. Is that right? Yeah, one and one, and I feel like I was on the up. Yeah, I was feeling good. I was feeling <laughs> confident. It was a big. It was a big win too. So I'm I'm positive in terms of points. So I was like, all right, come at me next scenarios where it's the killing scenarios. I was like, perfect. Yeah. So round three, contest of champions. What could possibly go wrong? You've got Aragorn. You got the Gorn. Aragorn. It's the first of all. Let me start off by saying I didn't pick this. I vetoed. The, I think the total wound tally one. Uh, that's what I Lords did. of Battle. I think, yeah, yeah, he picked this one. So uh. Theodore picked this one. I've played Theodore before as well. And let me say, he's a he's an absolute gentleman of a bloke to play. Yeah, he um he's a very very easy person to play. But even I was like, dude, yeah, yeah. Are you, like, are you sure you want to pick this one? He's like, yep, I'm picking it. I was like. All right, like spoilers <laughs> for the for the army first. So I guess we've heard it already. But like, I rate uh, I rate Delamere a lot. Delamere is a unit. I do not rate him against Aragorn in Contest of Champions. No day of the week. Oh, especially what? especially when it's ghosties. Like yeah. that's crazy talk, right? Well, firstly, let me say something else. I had no idea who Delamere is, and this is also again, I haven't played every model. I don't know what models are good at. I didn't know yeah. like all special things that he could do or what the army could do. They got some like nasty, nasty stuff that they can do to me, mm. um, which I didn't know. Um, but he also had like thirty-six models, so thirty-six um, versus my seventeen or whatever it was. And then because we all, we all, we deployed, um, both our armies were entirely pretty much around that that sort of three-inch, three to six-inch bubble. We were all there. I put everything there. He put everything there. Um, I was surrounded by turn two, turn two or three. So, um, it was an interesting game and man, like, dude, this guy played so ballsy and oh my God, did it pay off for him. Like, did it pay off? He picked the insane scenario that I didn't think he'd pick. But then not only that, when we were playing, like, he only put Dalgamir one row behind, one one and a half sort of rows behind where Aragon was, right? So my first heroic combat killed the first two, didn't kill the second guys. Now I won't I won't repeat myself, but Aragon flopped the next couple of um, uh, combats, right? But what we didn't talk about is he never moved his Delamere. He never retreated him. Never did anything. He just kept him there, waiting for Aragon. And I was like, dude, what is going on? Like, are you going to move him? He's like, nah, nah. Like, 
just come at me. He didn't even, he didn't say come at me, but the vibe was come at me, bro. And <laughs> yeah, I was trying to a Chad. Dude, he just took it like an absolute champion. So he played so ballsy. So he absolutely deserved the win um, <laughs> because he, yeah, he was insane. So the, he, his, his hero failed all courage checks to charge. So he never charged any dead models. And then Aragon flopped all his combats as well. So the only points that he got was for the wounds that he caused against Aragon that Aragon flopped in the in the combats against him. So the, the failed wound roll the failed fate rolls and the wounds. And that's how he beat me on those points. It was just in, it was an insane game. Neither of us could could believe the score or what had happened. <laughs> um yeah, just crazy. Absolutely crazy game. I was uh in absolute disbelief that Aragon couldn't win a combat. Couldn't win it. And I tried having the um the ghosty spearman um, with Aragon to just get the re-rolls and that kind of stuff. But because he had so many models, he was just peeling me off left, right, and said, I did the best thing I could to keep Aragon against his Delamere. But in terms, he'd constantly peel my king or peel my spear support or peel someone. Um, so, yeah, crazy game. Crazy, crazy game. He, um, i got to take my hats off to Theo. He <laughs> smashed it, did a great job. Yeah, Aragorn's interesting here because, look, three attacks is not a sure thing. If anything, to get a six, it's like 30 or 40%. It's not actually that good. You chuck the spear with the banner and you're back in business. But if if his courage was good enough to keep that from happening, because only courage two with that harbinger around for those pirates. So I think Theo did well. He picked his target. He knew that he had to get that spearman. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's obviously it bad to- luck but for you to, to whiff so often. But, I mean, part of it is Theo's planning, you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And he had a lot of black mums as well. So okay, they, yeah. were go- they were going in with a high courage, and they definitely made a difference. Mm. And then he's had, like, spear supports and things like that as well. He had, he had crossbowmen shooting in as well. He had 11 crossbows um, that were shooting into, into combats and shooting into me where he could and whatnot. Um, and then he had the bosun and... Delgamir doing strange whip things and other things to get re-rolls and all these yep. things. I'm like, yep. I've no idea what the hell's going on here, but sure, just roll your dice. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, crazy game. And like the other thing as well, it was played in a bloody swamp. There was water everywhere. So, like, I don't know how I didn't win that game. It was just insane. Especially with your movement buff over the water, right? That, uh, look, sometimes sometimes the dice betray you and uh, and also, you know, Corsairs are a tough, tough nut to crack. Even when they're not killing you directly, they, they've got so many tricks in their hat to stop you from doing the things that you want to do. It's, um, it's a hard army to counter. I've, I've suffered at the hands of Geordie a number of times. <laughs> are you a Corsairs player, are you, Geordie? Oh, mate, Corsairs are nuts. They're, they're probably one of the stronger, like, vanilla lists around. They're yeah, insane. They have, they have so much damage output. It's, yeah, it's pretty unbelievable, yeah, there, basically. There was, there, was, there was dudes doing this, like, rampagey charge thing where yep. you got all these plus ones, and I was like, what's the downfall? It's like, well, there isn't really a downfall. And I was like, <laughs> long, that doesn't right. As long as they're near a bosun, no downside. It's plus one yeah. to wound for charge, and then presumably plus one to wound for backstabber. So yeah. we're wounding ghosts on fours by twos. So yeah. pretty, pretty good to wound a ghost on that number. Yeah, yeah, they were going down. 
Um, but again, man, he, he was, it was a great, it was a great game. It was good fun. Um, and then yes, then there was the last round, round four, mm. which was one of the most interesting games I have ever played, uh, in this game to date. So, do you guys, have you guys known a bloke by the name of Tyler DeLeon by any chance? Do you guys come across him? Oh, when, when I read Ty, I thought it might have been um, Tyrone. No, I don't know Ty, Tyler DeLeon. No. Now, he's like he's like an American dude. Um, oh, he's that bloke? Out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how long he's been out here. Um, but just for the listeners out there, to get an idea of how fun my last game was, this guy uses, and this is showing our age here, boys. This guy uses a plastic Pokemon Lugia as a great eagle. So he's just the most hilarious dude. <laughs> that wasn't in this army, but he had it. He had it in like his army case. I was like, dude, what the hell is Lugia doing? <laughs> Lugia. He's like, that's my guachi. <laughs> I was like, that's my great eagle. I'm like, what the hell is that, dude? This is crazy. He literally uses a Lugia as a, as a great eagle, which I just thought was absolutely fantastic. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Two of my favorite things, Pokemon and Lord of the Rings, coming together. It's perfect. Um, yeah, insane. He basically, so for round four, we had, uh, what was it round four? I think it was Fog of War. Um, and I was versed in the Last Alliance. Um, and we were trying to, actually, this is a good question for you two and probably some of our listeners. We were trying to figure out who is the more gooder person out of um, Elendil or Aragon, because and, and and whose sword is it that kills Sauron or you know rips the finger off? <laughs> is it when the sword is like whole, or is it when now now Aragon's got the 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 the, the broken part and now it's being complete? Like whose sword is it? Mm. That's a great question. We were arguing it the whole time. It's, I feel like it's arrogant. This is chicken and the egg situation. Uh, <laughs> so definitely. when we trying to um to have Elendil lose his Narsil bonus, that's a, that's a strong move. It's a strong did, move. Did you get Jacob over? <laughs> no, no, no. We were, no, we're just talking about who was good. <laughs> I, I was just saying. Ooh, I reckon I'd have to go. Aragorn's the most. I know ghosts are bad and elves are good, but Aragorn's the most goodest guy in Middle Earth. And he's just like, dude, Aragorn's using but, this dude, oh. like, son, 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 sword. Like, it's it's the dad. Here's what you know, makes that was this, the, that was this part hard, right? Because Elendil was also the, you know, the first sort of good guy. He was, was the, you know? he he was was the OG the, Chad. He was, he was the OG Aragorn, you know? Yeah, yeah. He stood up to Sauron. He's like, whatever, I'll fight you, bro. Yeah. I'm nearly as tall as you. I got this. I mean, he did go down like a sack of potatoes, but uh, yeah, but he tried. He did. He did a good effort. At least he didn't get set on fire like uh, old uh, Gil Galad. Uh, that's a, that's an interesting one. I I'm not going to form a position. I'm going to ask the <laughs> listeners uh, to uh, write in on either our email two towers podcast at gmail dot com or alternatively on the Instagram. Let us know who is the goodest. Is it uh, <laughs> is it Elendil or is it Aragorn in this situation? Um, fight to and, the and death. And also, like your thoughts behind it as well, and your argument behind it, because I need a bit more ammunition for when I speak to Tyler uh, next. Oh, totally. Yeah, we want essays written yeah. to substantiate people's wild opinions. That's correct. 
Um, but anyway, getting back to the game, he, um, he just had this cheesy grin on his face and I'm like, what's up, Tyler? And he's like, bro, let's just, let's just come at each other and let's just see what our heroes can do. Because it was interesting. He only had two heroes and I only had two heroes. So he had Elendil and Haldir and I also had Aragorn and the King. So for Fog of War, you had to nominate someone and protect someone. It was very obvious who his was and very obvious who mine was. So his was Haldir and mine was the King. Um, so he said, like, you know, let's just go at each other um, and roll some dice. Let's just see whose heroes can come out on top rather than being, you know, playing a bit of a, you know, boring game and um, and trying to be, like, all strategic and stuff. We just sort of went at each other. Um, and I was definitely more scared of his hero. Um, Aragorn would go down to a Lendil pretty quickly. Um, and I was also pretty scared of him doing, like, a heroic combat into Aragorn. Um, having the higher fight. So I had to be a bit cautious of where he was. I, although he wanted a fun game, I still didn't want to lose to him. Um, and yeah, we're just doing, yeah, just, just funny things around this middle, middle piece of the board, which was actually my, um, objective to be near. So a lot of our fighting was around that piece of objective. So for a lot of the game, I think I was up winning on points. Um, and then stupidly enough, I went over. Towards, towards the end of the game, I went over to the rule book and I just had another quick glance at um, at the, you know what gets points and whatnot. And I think he had more models in the terrain piece or something like that. So in my move, I moved models to, to make sure I was definitely in. And then he cottoned on to what I was doing and that rem- jogged his memory to then start <laughs> moving models to his terrain piece. <laughs> so that he just started like during his move that he just pissed himself laughing and I started moving models back. Oh God, it was so funny. I didn't get away with that one unfortunately. I should have been a little bit more incognito and uh not made it so obvious what I was thinking. Um but yeah great game. As I said, he did a funny ass move doing a heroic combat off of something and then dismounting Elendil to get through to Aragon, which is just something I never would have thought he would have done. Um just crack up, absolute crack up, and a great move as well. Um, I know you can sort of expect that maybe with maybe even a, a Theoden or, or someone that's not as mighty that can do some damage, maybe take them off a horse for a particular reason, but taking a Lendil off his horse was just insane. Um, something I certainly didn't see coming. Yeah, um, the, the, the strategic dismount, because I mean, you described it in the interview that he based you based horses, but you didn't base an infantry base. There's a few Correct. heroes that I reckon you can get away with it, and it's basically the ones with Burley. I think you can dismount them and not have the damage output drop substantially. It drops, but not substantially. Mm. They'll still kill, whereas any just strength four like Glorfindel or whatever, if he's off his horse, he's, it just goes dramatically down. But yeah. if, it, if it means he gets a crack at Aragorn, I reckon good move. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a great move. He... Um... Yeah, then he flopped all his dice rolls. <laughs> he got three ones or something like that. Jeez, uh, we, we were peeing ourselves up, and it was so funny. You couldn't believe it. I, I thought Aragorn was dead. I was like, oh, he's gone. Mm. He's done. He's... Um, but uh, then, yeah, fast forward a couple more turns, and then it was for us the last turn. Um, Haldir charged into the king, and if someone wounded the other one or killed the other one, um, it would have been, you know, that person would have been the winner. And we both struck up. He got the high fight. He won the fight, but then failed to wound. So I think, I think looking back now, I think we actually ended on a draw. I had terrain piece. He had the terrain piece, but neither of us wounded the other hero or something like that. Um, but yeah, just a really, really fun game. It was awesome. 
to finish the day off um, playing a game like that where it was just we were just laughing the whole time and just doing risk, risky moves and whatnot. Um, yeah, it was great. That is the best way to end a tournament, especially if you've kind of had a couple of losses leading into the last round. Like, neither of you have any skin in the game at that point. So, it's kind of like, let your hair down, just roll some dice, have some fun, and, you know, you know see what happens, which is always which is always the best. Like, that's, that's what tournaments for me are all about, because come the final round, there's no way I'm near the top table. So, it's nice to... Uh, to, to ease out of the day, so to speak. Yeah, 100%. Couldn't agree more. Um, especially like those last games, sometimes I've been to tournaments where I'm near the bottom and the player um, that I'm playing against must be really, really competitive and it's like, dude, mm. we've lost like... Look around. Days. Look around. Time to play. <laughs> yeah. No. you got to read the room. got to read the room. But on that note... On that note, um, end of the day, Reflections, you, you ended up having a, a cheeky chat with uh, old mate Jakob, uh, Jakob. tournament. <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> I should say, Jacob. Uh, tournament organiser. Um, how was, can I ask, how was that in terms of, you know, on a side note, looking behind the curtain, how do you, how did you find the, the whole process of interviewing people on the day and interviewing Jacob as well? Yeah, man. To be honest, I um, I loved it, man. To be honest with you, like it was um, it was so much fun, and it's nice to be able to go back and reflect those guys, even having had the losses to majority of the guys. Um, I think it was really good fun for them as well, and having a bit of a debrief afterwards. Unfortunately, the day because we did have four games in a day, there wasn't a lot of time to really debrief properly. Yeah. Um, because mm. as soon as the game was over, I'm like, man, if you're cool with it, let's go have a chat. We'll do a quick debrief. And then, man, let's just go grab something to eat um, or a drink of water or a toilet or something like that because it's only about 15 minutes between each round. So It was proper, it, proper tight. Yeah, and especially if your like games that. are going to time as well, like that really doesn't leave you a lot of time to, to do that properly. No, it doesn't. But... um yeah, no, I loved it, man. Like, so the guys were great, but not only just the guys that I interviewed, the vibe of the place was was pumping. There was a lot of new players there, which was great to see. Um, and just even from, you know, hearing people around me, everyone was having a pretty good time. Everyone was being pretty easy with each other. It was definitely probably one of the more relaxed sort of tournaments. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the more the, the more top-end players like Geordie, Josh, uh, David and some other ones were probably, I don't know, they might have been taken a bit more serious amongst each other, but for the rest <laughs> of us that weren't quite near the podium, podium end, uh, we were certainly a bit more relaxed. But Jordy, uh, you did pretty well in the day, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Towards the end of the day, we were following the age-old tradition of tallying up points and whether we can win or not. Uh I, I got Is that an age-old tradition? That's a tradition I've never <laughs> partaken in myself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes, go on. For me, and said there was four players undefeated, which would have meant I couldn't place top two. Uh, luckily, there was only two players undefeated, which meant I had a crack. So I was one draw and two wins going into the last round. So, uh, and I luckily, I think I got the right scenario and the right. Well, I won four priority roll-offs in a row. That kind of helped. 
So I was able to get a win in the last round and took numero two, second second spot to to Joshua Coleman, uh, which, you know, if you're going to lose to anyone, let it be him. Yeah, I was going to say exactly that. Took the words right out of my mouth. That's like the, the um, what, like the fifth or maybe sixth podium in a <laughs> row that you've been on for last? Yeah, yes. Yeah, like it's been a real since- role. Since um, minimise where we memed it a bit too hard, uh, I think yeah, it's been podiums uh, nonstop. So let's keep this train rolling. <laughs> um, but yeah, the day was good as well. Like I, um, I think there's another. There is a little cheeky award that I did win. Uh, yeah, very good. Happy to hear. I won, I won the uh, the best sport award. Oh, that's which... that's actually the 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 prize, the most coveted the prize. That's it is in prize. my eyes. Yeah. That is that is the prize, the prize. I think... Although some of you better players might look down on it, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I totally. I actually think that, that that is the the heart of the hobby. Like that's what makes tournaments worthwhile mm. going to. Is the the people, the community, the the you know that that um, that social contract that you enter into with every person that you play if you can do it in a way where both people leave the table feeling good, then um, I reckon you've actually won won the day. Um, so congratulations, PJ. That that is actually that's a that's a really Thank good you, result. Thank you, that's, that's yeah. the uh, second or third one of those I've won now, which oh. is actually a huge it's a huge feat for me because people that know me on more of a personal level know I'm one of the most competitive people on this planet. And if they were to hear that I've won the best sport, they'd be like, nah, there's no way. He, could, he couldn't. He is not the best sport. I can be, I can be pretty feisty. Um, so winning it actually does really uh, definitely mean a lot, and especially you know because I'm still fairly new to the hobby. Uh, and a lot of these people that I'm playing have known each other for, for many, many years. So getting some of that is, is really, really cool. Um, and it's also just, you know, when playing those games... Um, and you know, not losing my cool, or you know, just letting just letting it happen and whatnot is is massive. And certainly in those games, I felt um, on the day I was really happy with the way I played. And being outplayed is certainly a lot easier pill to swallow um, than making like really bad mistakes and like things that cost mm. you the game. Mm. Um, so like I felt I played the best I could. And I was happy that even if I lost, I was like, you know what, I couldn't have done any better, and I still lost. So this means just re go for the next for the next next time. Um, yeah, wise like said, wise yeah. words, man. Like I I totally totally agree, and and that's um, <laughs> you know a lot of the time that I'm playing when I lose, it, it's a combination of being outclassed and making silly mistakes. And I totally totally agree. When <laughs> when you when you can learn from somebody else, uh, somebody else's good play. It's it, it makes it worthwhile because like you're building you're building uh, you know building in reps basically because the only way to get good at this game I think is to just put in a lot of work in terms of playing more games um, yeah which is probably why I'm not getting much better because at the moment I'm not playing many games <laughs> but but you know learning from good players um and that's why i always enjoy um playing against geordie cuz every time he schools me i always learn something you know i i, I, yeah. I rock up to class and um <laughs> i take some notes yeah i'm and like and 
that's so true. Like, it's just about games. Like, the three armies that I play, or three of the armies that I played, um, I'd never played before. So it was just learning what they do as well on the day, trying to figure out how to come up with a way to, to best beat it. Um, and it's just repetition, just repetition. And that's why I try not to... Um, I just remind myself, you know, I am still new. The guys I'm playing have all been playing it pretty much longer than I have. Um, and to just, whatever happens, happens. And just try not to be too salty. So, yeah, well, I reckon you've got a good a good uh, mindset here because winning isn't the be-all and end-all. I reckon you've already achieved the be-all and end-all, and that's having the most fun. Mm. And if you've won best sport, you know, you and your opponents of each round have clearly had the most fun out of this tournament. Like, I tried really hard and I had a shit time, I'll tell you what. Just because I got second place doesn't <laughs> doesn't be Jack. You had a better time than me. I can tell you that. <laughs> now I want to hear more no, about be, your that, game, that a, Jordy. That was a joke, by the way. I, <laughs> I had a great day. <laughs> no, no, it is it is it is good. And and in terms of the the day as a whole, um, like Jacob's very good at running tournaments. Uh, I, I'm I, in the hands of a less. Um, competent TO having such sharp short rounds I think could be quite difficult to manage but it sounds like everything ran pretty bloody smoothly on the day yeah I felt like it was pretty good everyone sort of knew everyone knew where they were meant to be there was everyone I think everyone turned up on the day that was meant to so there was no no one had to miss out or anything like that I think actually there was a little bit of a stuff around at the very very start but um, other than that it seems seemed pretty smooth what do you think Geordie? Yeah, mate, um, ran like clockwork. So each of the rounds were clearly set up in time. Jacob yelled, you know, you've got this much time left, you've got this much time left, you've got this much time left, like as much as he had to or should have, I guess. Um, it was, yeah, very well oiled uh, on the day. Yeah, definitely. Well, it sounds like it was an excellent tournament. I'm still gutted that I couldn't make it to that one. Um, but... We had good company go along in my stead. Thanks again, PJ, for filling in and doing the corresponding. It's always good to get uh, a different perspective on these tournament days. So, um, look forward to maybe getting you back on the podcast in future as well. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I had an awesome day um, being able to do it. It certainly brought me closer to some of my competitors. So, maybe that also helped me win the prize of uh, best sport. Who knows? Who but knows? Uh, but uh, yeah, again, thank you so much for having me, guys. And uh, hopefully, I'll be on the podcast in the not too distant future. Catch you later. Yeah, it was a pleasure, PJ. Thanks for showing up. Turn back off. Well, that was an awesome chat with PJ. Always good to get a new voice on the podcast and get their perspective on things. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Especially, yeah. especially with the, you know, I was surprised because having seen PJ in Conquest Creations videos and kind of seen him around the traps, I was surprised how new to the game he was because he seems to have really settled into the community um, in full stride. Well, not only that, he he knows what he's doing. Like mm-hmm. I, I know he he sort of mentioned he don't know the other armies, but as far as the game mechanics and everything, he knows what he's doing. I played a few practices with him on the side, like, he's good. So, it was really cool to see, like, the up-and-comer perspective, I think, because it's, it's very fresh for me, yeah. Mm, mm. No, very, very cool, and look forward to um, kind of tracking his his progress um, 
and and seeing where he goes and also seeing what other uh, kind of uh, armies he collects along the way from from different prestigious uh, painters. <laughs> uh, who knows? Maybe he'll he'll have uh, one of your, your sweet armies down the road, Geordie. Oh, there's there's always a chance. He's too charming. I don't know how the hell he got Jeremy on board. I know that that's, blew my mind. That's a that's a. <laughs> And I, I've seen because I think Jeremy also may have painted some Iron Hills dwarves for PJ um, previously as well. Them. They are. They are. Mick. They're insane. Whoa. Amazing. Very cool. Very cool. Um, okay. Well, uh, moving swiftly along to uh, us closing out the podcast, I think it might be time that we perhaps peer into the Palantir to see what we can see. The Palantir is a dangerous tool, Salomon. Why? Why should we fear to use it? All right, peering into the Palantir. Now, Albert, you're onto a heater. This one is really cool. Yeah, I thought I'd mix it up. The last um, few, I think we've we've done a lot of YouTube channels. We may have mm. mentioned a couple of podcasts in the past, but we haven't delved into the depths of Instagram. And I have been tracking this, um, this Instagrammer since they kind of emerged onto the scene uh, not too long ago. I think they're fairly recent to it. Um, they're called That Original Orc. And let me tell you, if... <laughs> If you want to find some dope original orcs, then you should really follow this guy. Um, he he does amazing conversion work. Um, he does a lot of work with green stuff and just amazing kit bashes as well. Um, we were talking about this off mic before. He's really fearless in what he kit bashes. Like he'll mm. take he'll take a Forge World model and just like knock it together to be, you know, I say knock it together. He'll do an amazing conversion to turn a Forge World model into like a, a six point orc scout or a five point orc scout. I, I like, love that aspect. I love it. Like taking I think the one I saw was like he snugger into an orc tracker. Yeah. Like you've taken a fifty dollar model or whatever <laughs> and made him a five point orc <laughs> with defense three that's gotta get taken off the board turn one yeah it's yeah. incredible <laughs> and 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 it really works as well like the posing and he he just combines really interesting pieces that i wouldn't necessarily um think of putting together like he'll use an uruk yeah. scout body but then combine it with orc pieces to make a really cool kind of orc there's a cool one as well up here it's like this chad dunlending banner bearer who's got the the chest of an urukai yeah, warrior but then um like you know the ragtag um legs of like a, a peasant from victrix miniatures and it just works like everything just works mate he's got it he's got it absolutely figured out like, and this stuff is insane. And so he he definitely kind of caters to my um, the idea of like you know no two models should ever be the same. So all of his mm. models are unique. Like be they lowly chaff orc trackers or you know the the um, the heroes um, that stand toe to toe with the best. Um, and so each each model has so much character, and not only can he convert them but he does a great job painting them up too which is great to see 
yeah, like he's got serious skill. Um, look, <laughs> I would love some orcs by this dude. That would be the sickest looking army. Yeah. Oh, like the I love. So he's he's done a, a, a few armies now. He's he's kind of got Rohan that he's working on. He's doing Dunland, Isengard. But the I kind of fell in love with him for his um, Kirithungol uh, army. He's done all of these Uruks that are you know he's got all of the the old favorites of the original medals, um, and he's even you know tweaked some of the poses for. Um, some of those guys to just just add variety and also make them just a little bit more intimidating. Like, yeah, I, we've talked about it in the past that uh, that um, mortal Uruk that has the the chopper held down by his side, like the menace Ooh, in that pose, and he kind of emulates a lot of that with um, the conversions that he he does for for his pieces and I, we were talking about this before that he's he's kind of tweaked the Isengard shield so it's still the the big kind of tower shield but he's he's changed the profile just enough so that you don't see it as an Isengard shield you see it as kind of a unique design which just works it's just the effect of banded metal placed mm. on top of the Isengard shield, mm. but it disguises it completely. Because, like, I didn't click straight away when I saw it that this was the Isengard shield. Like, and that's the dream. Mm. That's what you want out of it. it mm. It's it's impeccable. It's so freaking good. Yeah, super clean. And like having used green stuff um, a bit, not heaps, but you really appreciate just how much work goes into each of these different models. Um, you know, he's even sculpting on additional hair and, um, you know, just adding in little details on every model to make them feel unique, um, which I just take my hat off to him. Like, it, it, yeah. it takes a long time to create an army this way, and he is prolific. Like, if you follow him on Instagram, you get almost daily stories of um, him oh. doing new sculpts and trying out new things and, and work in progress, which is just so inspiring. When you're, when you don't, when, like, at the moment, I don't have a lot of time to paint, so I'm living vicariously through a lot of other people, and this guy gets me really hyped um, in terms of using pieces that otherwise, you know, I would I would never even look to to use. Yeah, that original orc. And I just love the name too. Yeah. So this guy's ticking all the boxes. Uh, it, it does what it says on the box. <laughs> he takes the box and chops it up though. So yeah. well done. <laughs> That's it. So uh, I think that about covers it for this episode. So, until we are next together, dear listener, have fun hobbying. And have fun gaming. See, See you, you later. later. Uh, couldn't get it over the years. Damn. Oh, well, here's what it is. <laughs> That's all right. We'll have, we'll have one where we stuff up. That's what it's all about. Yeah, we've had a pretty good run, let's be honest. Mate, we've been flawless, but here we go. All right, cool. Good stuff.